witches. Thank you for joining us on our Modern Witches podcast. This series is a space for musings on the diverse pathways of witchcraft, intuitive inspiration, and spiritual activism. We cannot wait to revel in what is bubbling away in our cauldron of collective magic. I am your podcast host, Casey Zabala, creatrix and gatherer of Modern Witches. My hope is that our community fosters a greater depth of understanding of witches everywhere so that we may cultivate hope for the future of humanity, a humanity that honors and upholds magic as a sacred thread that illuminates our connectivity. Be sure to subscribe, and if you'd like to get more intimate with Modern Witches, check out our Patreon. Learn more at modernwitches.org. Hello and welcome to the Modern Witches podcast. We are so excited to be recording our Aquarius season episode, getting weird and flowing with the Aquarian vibes with you all. Um, (laughs) We'll see how it goes. We're recording on January 12th, so Mars just stationed direct. And um, I feel like it's important to say that just because our energy And I'm sure your energy has been and probably still will be feeling a little tempered. So I hope you're all taking it easy out there, truly. I'm so excited Um, Mariana's with me again this month. Hi guys. Welcome Mariana. Thank you, thank you. Good to be here. It's, yeah, January 12th. This is like an important date to me, to everyone. I feel like from January 12th, couple years ago so many big changes started very much so very much it's been um yeah and mars is stationary direct like you said casey and it's very when the planet is just at stop full stop it's the strongest the most intensely internalized it's like the closest to our essence if you may i can feel it i'm ruled by mars i'm having my mars return as we speak third time this year (laughs) (laughs) it's a lot (laughs) yeah it's it's good to be here like like you said let's get weird Aquarius season is yeah approaching before we dive into Aquarius, I'm curious, when will Mars start to like give us some relief? When will it be out of its shadow? I don't remember the date. I have it here, actually. I have like, I was telling you, Casey, my desk looks like a complete havoc. <laughs> uh, but I have this Mars thing because I've needed it a lot recently. And I'm like, when things are happening with Mars? So um, Mars leaves the shadow on March 16th. Okay um at 25 degrees of gemini and then i think mars completely moves out of um gemini on march i think 25th yes okay so all the way through the end of march we kind of wrapping up a lot of this martian energies it has been quite a ride. Mars in Gemini is such an unstable energy. And I'm saying it with all the love I have Mars in Gemini, but it's a very 
chaotic vibe. <laughs> sure. And I feel like I personally really needed this retrograde kind of temper to slow down, to kind of put this divine breaks on this crazy mind. Mm-hmm. Much needed. Otherwise, I wouldn't stop. This wouldn't stop my head. I'm pointing at my head. <laughs> I feel that. Yeah, I think it's been such an interesting challenge to like reorient to how we think about the world, interact with the world, express like our opinions, take in information with Mars and Gemini. Um, so it'll be interesting. It'll be an interesting rest of the month and all the way through March. So just wanted to acknowledge if you're feeling really tired or out of sorts, it's all good. We're all with you. We're all in the same boat. Yeah, this is a funky time, the end of Capricorn season. This particular Capricorn season, even more so. We have still Mercury retrograde to speak. Mm-hmm. So true. But yeah. then we, I mean, I, th- I feel like as we were prepping for this podcast episode, really looking at Aquarius season, it feels like as planets go out of retrograde, um, as planets shift signs, we have this opportunity to kind of reset and set some new goals. Um, it might feel like the year actually starts in Aquarius season, perhaps some more hope, renewal energy available to us. So I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, so true. It does feel like the year starts with this Aquarius season, particularly. Because like we enter the Aquarius season with everything but Uranus direct. Right. All the personal planets, faster moving planets are direct. Um, It does feel like if we talk about Aquarius, sun ingress in Aquarius and just the whole Aquarius energy, it's first of all, it's a fixed air energy. It's the last air sign. Like as we spoke, feels like stakes are high every Aquarius season. Because this is the sign before the last sign and the last sign is about non-doing it's about surrender. So the last sign before surrender feels like the like the stakes are highest. It's like we need to like really bring our all to this and put our hearts and minds on the altar of the future. I love before that. Before we can like breathe out. That's how Aquarius season feels to me. Yes, there is this this way, this like fixed air energy of Aquarius that's very much about um, doing some like structural work, structural visioning, um, really approaching your life from a place that feels almost like there is a method to your madness or making one up for a little time. as we usually do, I feel like. (laughs) Um, And just sort of like 
giving yourself some kind of support. Um, yeah. Especially this year as we, you know, have Pluto moving into Aquarius, like there's this like initiation happening this month with Aquarius that can help us all get clear about um, where Aquarius lives within us, what Aquarius is teaching us. Um, I really see, see Aquarius as this like crone figure, um, this like elder teacher energy that can support us um, in becoming the best version of like our self as a, as a mentor, as a, a teacher, as someone who feels wise or feels confident in their, in who they are. So yeah. I hope that Aquarius can give us some of that magic. Totally. It's like, um, like you said, we need to create that I don't remember word, but structure to the madness or system to the madness. It's it's madness yeah. yeah, it's like this month, this season is ruled by Saturn traditionally and Uranus in modern tradition. But still it's Saturn for me, primarily, not better or more important, but just like, I think it's essential to the Aquarius to create new, it's like a whole different Saturn versus the Saturn of Capricorn. It's a, it's not about preservation. It's about creating new tradition. It's that mm -hmm. kind of Saturn. It's, it's like, we don't, we're not focused about the preservation. We are focused on the creation. Yes, yes. It reminds me of, um, the star card in tarot is ruled by Aquarius mm -hmm. and the star goddess is sort of encouraging us to get inspired, create new systems and structures that can lead us towards hope, innovation, um, really reconnecting us to the cosmic flow of our communities, to the land, um, to the collective. So mm -hmm. there's a lot of opportunity here in Aquarius season for that yeah. type of Yeah, it's it's like like you said with Pluto, like uh, so Sun moves into Aquarius on 20th on January 20th. And that zero degree of Aquarius, Pluto at the end of March will be crossing that degree that particular point and will be it's never gonna reach we're gonna talk more about it during the Aries season but like I think it's very important to kind of start connecting the dots now start seeing those little signs signposts leading up to the Pluto in Aquarius because that zero degree of Aquarius where sun is crossing this year and every year, but this year particularly is important because Pluto is going there shortly and it's gonna be on that zero degrees for the first four months, like for like, like March, April, May, June, it's gonna be there and it's gonna be there in 2024. This particular zero degree of Aquarius holds lots of information. Mm -hmm. Notice what happens on January 20th. 
it's going to be interesting. Good advice. Yeah. Especially interesting, this Aquarius season, right on the 21st, the second day of Aquarius season, we have a new moon in Aquarius at one degree of Aquarius. Um, so it's sort of catalyzing or unlocking some, you know, some point of manifestation for you. I always think of the number one as a number of manifestation of bringing something into form from the zero. So, you know, when the sun moves into Aquarius on the 20th, that zero point, this would be a good time to kind of start thinking about what your new moon intentions might be, what's coming up for you, what are you noticing? And then on the new moon in Aquarius at one degrees, I think really doing some type of manifestation work or spell work, um, dreaming, intention setting, that is going to support you with this Aquarian energy or with an Aquarian project would be really interesting. Absolutely. It's, it feels like the beginning of this Aquarius season it has so much, I don't know, like in between lines information. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like it because there's this out of sign conjunction to Pluto. It's like three degrees. Pluto is still in Capricorn, the 28th degree of Capricorn. New moon's at one degrees. So there's an out of sign conjunction. So it's almost that new moon is the beginning it also an end the out of sign conjunction with pluto that is ending its cycle slowly ending its cycle in capricorn it's almost like what what really needs to die so you can begin absolutely what really needs to die it's like it's almost like that and what like we, we talk a lot about power everywhere, just like power, personal power, collective power. And it's, it's that like this new moon, I have to really like emphasize this, is not a short-term initiation. Think life. <laughs> like I'm not exaggerating. Think life, time. Such a beautiful invitation too. I feel like, I don't know, oftentimes in spell work or astrology, personal activation, personal development, we can think sort of like on the microcosmic level, mm-hmm. but what would happen if we really started to do more deeply collective work mm-hmm. and Aquarius represents the collective, the moon also represents people. So a new moon in Aquarius here with Pluto right there and with so much happening in Aquarius um, in 2022 with Saturn and Uranus and like shaking the structures and foundations. Like this is a real, like Mariana said, this initiation of a lifetime of, of an era or an epic of new structures, new ways of relating to each other, new ways of caring for each other. Mm-hmm. There's so much potential in that. It's very, it does feel like whatever, you know, like sometimes, like you said, we do think about in like very, this micro, like very like six months, one month, which is important, which is right. like, that's how brick by brick you have to like do that. 
but this is very first of all like not first of all but like this new moon is ruled by saturn saturn whenever like if you if you initiate just a little tip if you initiate and the ruler of the lunation is a fast moving planet maybe do a shorter i don't know <laughs> initiations yeah if it's like new moon like in aries or i don't know like libra or whatever but when there is a new moon close to pluto ruled by saturn in aquarius when pluto is going into aquarius saturn 20 it's like 29 year cycle pluto is 248 year cycle this is long time initiation you have to think about the the nature of this lunation and the ruler of this lunation and because the ruler of the lunation saturn is also in aquarius mm -hmm. and it's like like it's it's a last last stretch of aquarius for the next 30 years it's not going to be here it's leaving going to pisces in march and it's like and it's conjunct venus <laughs> so it's like what are like lifelong values you're willing to build right right something like that yeah it's so and it's so important what you said too about pluto's involvement pluto still being in in capricorn but out of sign conjunction with this new moon you know i think 2022 showed a lot of us what we need to let go of and now is a really good time to do some kind of like symbolic gesture around clearing that energy so that you can actually set up these new structures or plant these new seeds and have the appropriate amount of compost to work with, have the appropriate amount of space to cultivate these new structures and new ways of relating to your values, new ways of like actually showing up and doing the work. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it's it's new ways, it's slow ways, mm -hmm. it's tempered ways. It's like brick by brick, new stuff, new values. Um, it's like, I feel like the result of this lunation, particularly with Saturn being in Aquarius, are gonna be a 30 year unfold, unfolding. Mm -hmm. This is the last new moon with Saturn in Aquarius, last new moon in Aquarius with Saturn in Aquarius with the rule. Like this is actually the last new moon with in a Saturn ruled sign for a long time. So just thinking about it, like so we had Capricorn, we had Aquarius, and then so for 25, so until Saturn goes back into Capricorn at least, we're not gonna have a Saturn ruled new moons it's huge that's why it's like it's like you said when we were talking about this it does feel like a new year like actual new year yeah in many ways. yeah i do think it's it's a, it's kicking off this like energetic new year for us that we've all been waiting for mm -hmm. yeah yeah and you know saturn saturn represents discipline structure um our mortality like our bones um there's so much that Saturn teaches us that is like that real long-lasting enduring um magic 
that I think we really need at this point if we're going to start initiating a lot of these radical transformations that have been so needed. Um, so yeah, take advantage of this new moon. Um, yeah, this is like seeds that lead to oak trees. <laughs> yes, beautiful new forests. I love that. Yeah, it's like huge. Yeah, and mm, again, like I often like think about astrology as people expecting a transit or something to be revel like re reveal something. quickly but this is time time rules saturn right. also i mean saturn rules time mm -hmm. <laughs> it's it's like it it does feel like a lifetime initiation honestly especially for us for me i'm in my 30s and it's just like i understand this is it's kind of coming into that crone era mm -hmm. slowly go in there look in there <laughs> yeah seen it <laughs> and um, yeah wherever you are on your timeline like I think this is a really beautiful vision to dream big and, and not do so with anxiety but like if you can find some enjoyment or joy in really thinking okay if my could let if my life could look any way this is what I would want it to look like this is how I would want it to feel this is what I want to experience. Like do that kind of big visioning at this moment. Um, see what comes up. Yeah. Especially yeah. Like on, on the 22nd after this new moon, Saturn and Venus are exactly conjunct at 24 degrees of Aquarius. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, you know, this transit and this combination of planets can can bring about a sense of like loss or longing, but it can also really encourage some like hard work in terms of your love life, your romance, your whatever's going on in your romantic life, um, in your relationships, in your value systems. So there can also be this kind of like sturdiness that is developed with a Saturn Venus. Yeah, it's a good one. It's like it's Saturn Venus is generally feels like cold energy, kind of like isolating energy because Aquarius about community and Venus and Aquarius is about the pleasure of belonging to greater something. Mm -hmm. Saturn here kind of like, but it's I I. I I often think about this divine limitation and the difference between Capricorn and Aquarius is that Capricorn can be a limitation imposed and Aquarius Saturn is a limitation chosen. Mm. Like you choose your own limitation. You do that. You learn how to do that. The value of being the, the one who decides. Right. I mean, it's a beautiful time to set some boundaries yeah this is a really important like boundaries with yourself within community with the greater yeah and yeah it's it's a very it's a very potent new moon guys so take advantage 
I don't like to take advantage of, don't take advantage of the new moon. <laughs> work with it. <laughs> uh, with the new moon. <laughs> yeah, we love you, new moon. <laughs> uh, we won't take advantage of you. We'll work with you. <laughs> January 30, 21st, it's at one degrees of Aquarius. It's at 12.53 p.m. Pacific time. Yeah, so, and right after that, I mean, a couple of days after Uranus goes direct, the modern ruler of Aquarius, finally, yeah, let that, the wind is coming back underneath the wings. Absolutely. Yeah, and I feel like with Uranus having been in Taurus for so long, it's, I feel like we're sort of like in the middle of this really long Uranus transit through Taurus. And um, this is a good moment to kind of, it's and it's at, I think it's going to be at 15 or 14 degrees when it stations. 16. 16. Oh, no, no, 15. You're right, 15. It's like almost 15 degrees. Yeah. So very much in the middle of the sign as well. So we still have a lot to learn about Uranus and Taurus and um I think it's, it's, it should be supportive. It is, you know, you know, in the square to Aquarius. So there's a, some communication happening, but it could be important to really think about um, how Uranus or like the rebel, the revolutionary has been shaking things up for you mm -hmm. in your Taurus house. Um, where has it been forcing you to grow? Where has it been forcing you to make some big changes? um show up in different ways and how have you been like flexing into that or resisting mm -hmm. yeah totally it's like um Uranus we talked we're gonna talk more about degrees but it's like close to the degree of the holiday between uh, summer solstice and spring equinox yes in bulk winter solstice yes and what's the one between spring equinox and summer solstice oh belting yes you see i'm like really bad with the no no, no. with the um <laughs> celtic and holidays but it, it is at that degree it's a yeah. midpoint i just thought about that uranus is stationed and direct in the midpoint at, at that holiday midpoint at that like the time that that holiday is happening right. at the degree of the sun I mean being at that I don't know why I thought about it it just kind of yeah and, and Uranus is like a lightning bolt right and that's how I kind of visualize Uranus um yeah and so yeah there's there's some there's something being sparked there like I and I think when Uranus stations direct um, and as it moves, as it continues to move forward, like allowing for more of that, um, divine inspiration in that area of your life to come through Taurus is this earthy sensual sign. So hopefully there's just more energy available to you in that area of your life. Totally. It's like, and also like Uranus is after this retrograde, it's getting to the next chapter of Uranus and Taurus. It's going into the second decan this year. So it's like 
we're almost like wrapping up the second installation of Uranus and Taurus, if you may. Mm -hmm. So it's got, it's actually, no, it's getting to the third decan this year, I meant. So it's finishing up the second decan and then the next retrograde is gonna be for the third decan. So it's like, we are going through this. So then like, if you look, there are lessons of the last year with Uranus going through most of the second deck and retrograding through the second deck. And it's like, there is a particular lesson and there are new lessons actually of Uranus and Taurus that are arriving our way mm -hmm. in May. Yeah, in May, at the end of May of 2023. So like, it's just new installation. So we, this Uranus direct is like, all the way through the end of May, we are reevaluating the lessons of the last two years, year and a half more so mm -hmm. of the second decade. And then come May, we are starting a new chapter of Uranus and Taurus. Mm. Yeah, there's so much to look forward to in the spring. And I feel like this Aquarius season can be, is like such a beautiful energetic time for planting seeds. Um, that will likely sort of revisit around the spring equinox and reaffirm whether or not those seeds are being nourished, um, whether or not we feel aligned with them. Mm -hmm. uh, so yes. it's a good time to do that work for sure. Mm -hmm. um, let's see, what do we have next? I guess the last major thing in in the month of January that we wanted to talk about was Venus moving into Pisces mm. on the 27th. Yay. Which is a lovely ingress. Mm -hmm. So again, I would suggest one thing always. I mean, if you're a beginner in astrology, it might be a bit, but still trying. When Venus ingresses, it's going to be 27, right? Mm -hmm. 27? No, 26. 26th, 27th of January, 26th of January. It's like, again, Saturn is going to go through that degree on March 6th or 7th, depending on where you are. So here, whatever things Venus going through, any plan going through zero degrees of Aquarius or Pisces right now, is the point of messages we are receiving about the bigger planets going there later. That's what I'm trying to say. Hope that's clear. Right? Yes, definitely. Yeah, so Venus and Pisces is, it's a lovely, it's exalted in Pisces. There's yeah, I think about, I don't know, like romantic poetry and feeling more connected to nature and, um, almost like greater as access to like whimsical enchantment, that kind of vibe to me, like cottage core Venus and Pisces. I don't know. Um, oh, Prince's bride. Yes. <laughs> um, but it, it can be like this beautiful softening influence, right? Like, you know, yeah. um, it brings us into a more like mystical contact with what we love 
um, what we appreciate, what we value. So if you can tap into that, if it feels accessible to you, it might be, might be nice, might be supportive. Yeah. It's very like, when I think about Venus and Pisces, it's about like this desire for merging with what's eternal, with something that even in love, those who have Venus and Pisces, it's just like that desire to, for boundlessness with each other, that energies that are go without any, with each other, without any boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an, it's exalted there because when we think about love, like Venus is at home and Taurus and um, Libra, but exaltation being in Pisces that like, it's not a specific kind of love. It's just everything. Mm-hmm. It's so all encompassing in its highest manifestation that it doesn't pick and choose. It's just that universal love energy. Um, that is sometimes not the easiest to achieve. Yeah. Especially considering the world we live in. But it's exalted there for a reason. <laughs> it's the ultimate goal to love it all. <laughs> but like, yeah, I don't know. We spoke earlier, Casey, with you, and I was like, how does Venus in Pisces manifest in our real world? Mm. Does it manifest healthy? Is it exalted? Does it act? like an exalted planet right like and. yeah that, like I don't know and I mean I think what you brought up is so important is I think that there's there's a lot of ways in which we've created like escape routes from our reality yeah whether it be social media like disassociation from what is happening um falling prey to like just wanting to feel good all the time rather than like doing the hard work that is in front of us yeah I feel like because Venus is not necessarily about ethics it's about pleasure mm-hmm. so like and Pisces being in modern tradition ruled by Neptune it's about like it can be about addictions and finding this escaping in certain addictions and addictive behaviors like you said be social media or like let's say alcohol or drugs or whatever it is dissociation mm-hmm. through like it's the, for me the highest manifestation for earthly beings like ourselves <laughs> we are like for people in this reality for venus and pisces is that creativity it's that you like for me it's honestly like love and like loving someone loving something and then being creative if you don't channel it into creativity this energy will have to manifest in itself one way or another it has to be that poetry or drawing like i've noticed whenever i have piscean when there are piscean transits i'm like i want to write something like very like Ooh, very yeah not grounded in reality which that is a perfect manifestation for venus and pisces mm-hmm. like high creative expression 
Yeah. I would like to be in some places. Yeah. So get creative. Get Channel creative. that energy in a way that feels healthy and supportive. Um, yeah. Rather than like escape, escaping whatever's going on. Yeah, because not, let's not forget Pisces is about self-undoing and self-sabotage when in its lower frequency. So like it's it can be as simple as eating so, too much sweets. And actually, I know someone, I'm thinking about someone. Hopefully, don't listen to <laughs> And how they're going to know what I'm talking about, probably they will. But like I, I have a friend, she... She has Venus in Pisces and she's ruled by Venus. So her rule is in, so she's like Libra rising and her Venus is in Pisces. Lovely. It's a yeah, very wonderful person. It's just the amount of sweets she eats is abnormal. So it's her Venus in her sixth house of digestion and like routine. There's like no boundaries. Amazing. She's very creative. She's like painter. She's actually an architect, but she like her, she also paints. And she eats a lot of sweets, it's crazy. It's chocolate, yeah. it's cakes. It's like, I remember like last new year we were together and like literally at 2 a.m. she ate, I think like half a cake. <laughs> That's impressive. You should know who she is. If you're listening, I love you. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so this can manifest in any way, truly. Yeah, so like like that, like that simple. Like it's a very creative person, but when the creativity is not channeled and there's no love person in life, like particular one person, it's just like the cake. Right. <laughs> Notice how you're filling your voids and trying to do so in ways that feel like actually supportive of working out those creative juices yeah it's just so funny I'm like she's also an Aquarius but <laughs> she's Aquarius sun but like her rising is Libra and Venus and Pisces yeah anyways uh forgive me for bringing you so actively into this <laughs> conversation I don't I don't I think she'll mind and she's invoked yeah yeah it's good so, yeah. for sure hey so, so Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Um, what's the next transit? I'm like, what? What do we have? Yeah, oh, so wonderful. The, I'm like guess, talking about Venus and Pisces got me all into the loopy state of mind. We went there. We went like, there. Where am I? The next thing that I think is important to talk about um, for our witchy community here is um, this cross quarter holiday or festival that's coming up during Aquarius season, um, known as Imbolc. Um, this is a, a traditionally Celtic holiday, pagan holiday. Um, and it's kind of been integrated into the like traditional, I guess, if you can use the word traditional, um, traditional Wiccan practices. So it's a it's a holiday that a lot of witches celebrate. Um, and it traditionally marks the midpoint between winter solstice and spring equinox. And I wanted to talk about this holiday because it feels, well, it feels like an important time for a lot of us. And it's it's a point that 
sort of connects us with Aquarius energy in that in that star goddess way. Um, it's a moment where we can bring hope back into our lives, um, remembering that after the long slog between the darkest night and through January, you know, spring is going to come back. There will be some reprieve from the darkness and the gloom. Um, and it's traditionally celebrated on the 1st of February because the goddess who is most associated with in bulk is Brigid, Saint Brigid, um, who was canonized, I guess, by the Christian church and, and sainted. Um, so they have created a feast day for Bridget on February 1st. Um, so it's kind of become this like cultural time when folks celebrate this holiday. Um, however, we wanted to talk a little bit about a little bit about timing and like when you can celebrate this holiday, um, when it feels right to celebrate this holiday. Um, yeah. Casey and I had an extensive conversation about this particular thing right before we started recording, because like I'm getting into this PowerPoints of the year, power times, and like the four, like both equinoxes and solstices, and then the midpoints between each of them. And they are truly, truly points of power. And I, I have not been active practitioner of this points throughout my life and recently like last year or two I've started getting into more awareness if you may through the help of teachers and friends and a greater understanding of this point and what just to get a little bit more specific here so traditionally in bulk is February 1st the midpoint though in terms of like cosmic like the plant like the degrees is 15 degrees of aquarius which is february 4th this year it can be february 3rd february 4th so it's not really a fixed date and we talked and we're like and my teacher shared with me that it's important to celebrate on the midpoint which is the february 4th which to celebrate the, like not to celebrate the degree, but to celebrate the actual time of the halfway through. The halfway through is at 15 degrees of Aquarius. Specifically, talk, like, I just want to say specifically, we're talking about the midway point of the sun, sun between yeah. like the winter solstice, which is when we start Capricorn season and the spring equinox when we start Aries season. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So sun moves, so there's zero degrees of Capricorn and then zero degrees of Aries. And between those zero degrees, the midpoint is 15 degrees of Aquarius, which falls on February 4th into February 5th. And that is, and we talked about it and we're like, I am, the, the celebration is not a moment. The celebration is a progression of preparation, of manifestation of rituals and actual doing, and then just reflection maybe, or uh, letting that sink in, mm -hmm. you know, um, moving to the next chapter of the zodiacal wheel. Um, 
yeah, and it just, I wanted to share this just because to have this moment between February 1st into February 5th, or I would even give it a week. Just like from, I don't know, just like I would like for myself, I would be like, this is a week that is a holiday week mm -hmm. in my personal space, if nothing else. Absolutely. You know, and just having that celebration, but just for yourself, if it calls to you to mark the midpoint as also the degree, the sun, get into that midpoint. Because what was shared with me is that we do have to acknowledge that time. We do have to acknowledge the cosmic movement. There is a tradition and there is a power given by collective, but then there is the outer movements. <laughs> and there's, um, a, there's actually like, now I'm thinking there's so much help. There's like almost like a door opening in, the, in those points. The door can start, it's opening from February 1st and it can be shut open <laughs> on February 4th where most of that energy can come through. So just if you can see that period as a power time for initiation for yourself to connect to something, to, to both collective and to something beyond. Right. Look at like that. Yeah, I love that. I think it's so important with any type of traditions that you're working with to really explore, you know, who created them. Mm -hmm. um, and I think this has been part of the conversation is that, you know, the, the Catholic church decided that in bulk was February 1st. Like, is that important to you? What does that mean? Um, what could the Catholic church have been sort of occulting when choosing that specific date, um, what could they have been, what could their agenda could have been? Um, so it is important to be curious about these things and also to drop into your intuition in regards to how you celebrate these holidays, how they relate to your lineage, um, how, how they affect you energetically, spiritually, when you work with them, mm -hmm. all things to be aware of. Um, and I think taking your time is so important. And it's not something that we, it's not something that is taught to us in this capitalist structure, right? It's like, you have the holiday, you celebrate, you, you move on, right? Um, in bulk in particular is a holiday that is very much about honoring this midpoint between winter solstice and spring equinox, which is to say the darkest night and the return of spring. And there's a lot that goes on during those months. And in bulk means in the belly, can translate to in the belly, um, among other things. And this was a traditional time for lambing season. Um, when lambs were being born, um, you or ewes were being born, um, you know, lambs were, sheep were pregnant, and there was like all this biological stuff happening in their bodies that, that our ancient ancestors were really attuned to and um, 
dependent on for their well-being. So there's this deep connection to the earth cycles here, to the cycles of the animal kin that we're in relationship with. So more broadly, the themes of Imbolc are really honoring these internal systems um, or organic cycles that are happening in the wintertime that are really important for rebirth, renewal, you know, the earth kind of coming back to life. So this is like very rich seed planting territory. Um, in some bioregions, it might be a really good time to like do some seed planting, um, seed saving, like organizing your seeds, mapping out your garden. Like this would be such a beautiful time for that type of work. Mm -hmm. um, traditionally, I'll just share one traditional ritual that um, I think is really beautiful, which is leaving um, a piece of cloth or clothing or a mantle um, known as Bridget's mantle out overnight to collect the dew, the in bulk dew at this time. Um, and this dew was supposed to represent kind of the sexual energies of the earth reemerging. And it's a very protective elixir that can be used to protect you, protect your home, protect um, any animals that you steward, whether it be bees or, or sheep or whatever it might be. Um, so it's this, it's this kind of moment of acknowledging the, the sacred potency of the earth. And that can be translated in so many different ways, but that's just one traditional way people have done it in the past. Yeah, it's so beautiful. It is a really beautiful holiday. And I think, you know, it might not resonate for everyone and certainly not everyone is of like Celtic descent. So it might not make sense to celebrate, but I do think Mariana, what you shared about honoring that midpoint in terms of like the cosmic scale and the cosmic journey of the sun feels really important. Yeah. I want to give a very specific, you see, like, I'm an astrologer. I, I, like, it's hard for me not to be, I like, I like fluidity and I'm trying to get more fluid with stuff. But I want to, like, share the exact 15 degrees point as, as like, 15 sharp. Yeah. Um, the date, because I said fourth and it's not, it's third. It's okay. a third, it's a February 3rd. Um, the exact 15 degrees we're gonna hit um on February 3rd around like 6 7 p.m of February 3rd Pacific time it's okay. not like you have to catch that moment but the, it's gonna like there is a degree or two degrees leading up to that and degree and two degrees coming down from that it's just two days meaning two days both ways days both ways whichever i'm like i said for me it's like it feels like a week time a preparation a culmination coming down right i love that yeah and 15 degrees and i also want to mention here that moon is in cow in cancer nice at the 50 exactly 15 degrees moon is in cancer exactly opposite pluto that powerful birth like you said 
it's something it's like a very like womb like like yeah it's that like it has so much symbolism of that in the chart of that absolutely very powerful pluto being this like underworld energy and this being our opportunity to kind of honor what is going on below the surface yeah Um, very powerful yeah it's it's just it's about like (laughs) i'm gonna share like i feel like i'm not speaking my words but i'm gonna still say them like it's the the teacher of mine that's what she said she's like we gotta do where the power was inherently we gotta do we gotta use the time where the power is inherently we can't allow whatever systems steal what's not theirs which is the point of power and this is such a beautiful holiday to talk about that because Bridget as a goddess or Saint Bridget and this holiday is one of the clearest examples of Christian colonization of a pagan tradition I can think of Mm. um and it's so like if we're doing any type of like reclaiming work animistic work reconnecting with folktales folklore like this is such a ground zero moment to really come back to you know where did how did our ancestors source this midpoint how were they aware of it um and how can we return to sort of an original sense of that Mm -hmm. Yeah. And this is such a beautiful way to do it, like really knowing the the solar degree. Yeah. Sun, yeah. Our ancestors were sun worshippers. Yes. And sun, and we need to, a lot of this stuff is like about reconsidering and redefining the origin of all those things, like the sun, the moon, all of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's funny, like, to transition to I think the next major transit on February 5th we have this Leo full moon um which is such a solar full moon obviously because it's in Leo um and it kind of touches again like on these themes of like how do we relate to where the sun is and like how does that affect our being and where we find ourselves in our cycles, so. Yeah, full moon and Leo, I'm just pulling the chart to have it. Um, yeah, ooh, I'm like, ooh, go, full moon, you're like very squarey. It's a, so the full moon is happening at 16 degrees of Leo at 10.30 a.m. Pacific on February 5th. Um, It squares Uranus in Taurus, that is direct. And it's, and we didn't mention this, but we also have Lilith in Leo already. A lot of emphasis on that. Either it goes both ways with this full moon either it's inflated sense of self or I'm 
afraid from a lot of people, the opposite is suppressed creative potential. Yeah. There is, and seeing with Lilith and with this full moon and everything, for me, it's like, it's always taken back. Like, you have to recognize yourself before you can, rec you can be recognized. You have to, it's like with Leo is understanding maybe the lack of balance within yourself in terms of self-expression and belonging. That kind of dynamic with Aquarius and Leo it's about love, whichever way you look. It's about love and it's about self-expression. Um, but full moon is, is gonna, this full moon for me with Uranus is gonna highlight the disbalance maybe of how much love you give versus how much love you receive. Mm -hmm how your values are expressed through your work, how your community contributes or you contribute to your community and what's important to you right now. I feel like it's a very like, it's a self moon. Right. Yeah, it's, a, it's an opportunity kind of return to the self during Aquarius season, which can be very much about the collective. Um, yeah. And I think sometimes with this kind of a Leo full moon, there can be some kind of like projection of your own wounding or your own issues around self-love onto others. Um, so it's something to be aware of just you know, how can you find that balance like Mariana was talking about between honoring your own personhood, your creativity, honoring your individuality, mm -hmm. while also, you know, making space for others, finding, finding space in your heart for others um, mm -hmm. to kind of work beside you rather than getting into any kind of like false sense of competition mm -hmm. around anything. Yeah. It's like, because the ruler of the lunation, obviously the sun, the sun is opposite the moon, mm -hmm. it's an Aquarius. So it is about projections. It is about what do we mirror to the collective when it's been mirrored to us? What do we like what we see by what we put it out there back? <laughs> like, do we like what I am, what I provide as a creative person and what I see as a response to me can tell a lot. Mm -hmm. This, the ruler of this lunation sun is in conjunction, like, far away, but still I would consider those eight degrees of conjunction with Saturn. Yeah. It's like, how do we take responsibility for our 
I say it a lot recently, how do we take responsibility for our inner son? And we do need to take responsibility for, we can't project our son onto others and expect, you know, something to be seen through, like you have, like, it's about taking responsibility. Saturn is always about taking responsibility for your unique self-expression through the way, for your, it's like that if your fire is dim, like you feel it's lacking, if you're in a creative pattern, you feel is like the fires are low, what needs to change? What needs to be taken back? What needs to be fueled? The spirit here, it's a lot about spirit. This lunation is in many ways is about like realizing what needs to be done constructively for your spirit, for your son to be in service actually in fully through authenticity, through being oneself, through that individuality. It's just, it's, and it's gonna be with, because of that Uranus, it's like very kind of, you have to. Right, there's gonna be urgency. There's a sense of urgency with this, yeah. I, yeah, I think if you are finding yourself feeling misunderstood at this moment in time, like there's an opportunity to, review and sort of revise how you are expressing your message and I think Uranus can help with that like maybe there's a new way to express or explore some of your feelings and how you're sharing them with other people yeah it is and yeah it is very much about relationships at the end of the day on one on on, it's about one-on-one relationships so not necessarily romantic, but primarily as those are often very important, all sorts of one-on-one relationships and whatever comes through seeing it as a signpost for yourself in for the direction you need to move to be more authentic. Because Lil, with Lil, Lilith can really like in Leo here kind of, You have to be unique and individual, but the reasoning behind has to be very clear. The reasoning and the whys and hows cannot be reactionary. They have to come from within. I'm not sure I'm expressing it, but it's really like, bring it back to oneself, bring it back to one's core, bring it back to something like maybe thinking about it, we hear about this a lot, but your childhood, the childhood self and the creativity that you have been engaged in as a child, thinking about that, that is where all was tied. Everything has been planted. I love that. That's a really good suggestion. Doing something too, like on this full moon that is either creative or allows you to drop into that like childlike creativity, like just doing something creative that's fun, like, I don't know, paint by numbers or like banging on a tambourine, karaoke. I don't know. Doing something that's like, yeah, and yeah. It's, 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 yeah. 
it's it's like yeah full moon is like and it's it's a full moon we are realizing here we understanding something what has been blocking us what within us has been blocking us <laughs> mm -hmm. i'm always like very careful with putting it on other people or circumstances or anything especially when it comes to creativity yeah do something like like casey said be silly with saturn here you can feel like or oh, like i have no one to do it with what i'm gonna do with <laughs> by yourself if, if it comes to that totally yeah. all right so i suppose the next major transit of this season as we enter kind of the last stages of aquarius mm -hmm. mercury conjunct pluto at 28 degrees of capricorn on, yeah, the on the 10th and i think we should talk about it in conjunction with the next day mercury going into aquarius yeah let's do it the whole like shenanigan right there um yeah it's like it feels well first of all mercury conjunct pluto like casey you've spoken about this before we started it's like very much a valuable information again we're talking about the zero degree of aquarius as planet a personal planet coming through that zero degree of aquarius where pluto will be so and pluto that's going into aquarius on march 23rd is kind of passing down the information to mercury to go through that zero degree point of aquarius and to give us some it can be signs it, it doesn't have to be a bing bang boom thing it's like a little something that we can receive that will give us an idea about what mercurial tasks of pluto like working with pluto we can expect right so and right so like what what mindsets are not working or working or what information is important is going to be like playing role in this Pluto in Aquarius because mm -hmm. Pluto conjunct Mercury in Capricorn it's going and it's like something about that what being finished what's coming to an end what does we need to like apply our mental agency to like finish up some Capricorn Pluto tasks so we can apply the same mental agency to Pluto and Aquarius. Right. And in, in mythology, Mercury is one of the only figures or deities that can actually travel from the underworld to the above world to Olympus or whatever in Greek mythology. Um, so it's this psychopomp that can actually gather that information from the Plutonian realms, from the underworld, um, and take it with it into Aquarius, where it can synthesize yeah. something new. Like, I think that that whatever becomes clear about what you're transforming from that Pluto and Capricorn place, which is a lot, that's, there's a lot there, especially mm -hmm. for the U.S., et cetera, um, whatever we pick up there and take into Aquarius, there's the ability to like alchemize it into something that's going to shape shift into this new mercurial tool or something for us. Yeah. 
there's so much in this. It's like Mercury is such a fast moving energy. And sometimes we don't like really like pay attention to all the like Mercury changes and stuff. But the thing is that the, the, the fact that Mercury was retrograding through Capricorn is already a sign enough for us that a lot of things Capricorn related has to be understood and integrated on a greater level. And Mercury, before it started its retrograde journey, it went almost to Pluto. It was like a couple of degrees away. So it's like, not yet. What we're going through at, as we speak, as we speak, Mercury is still retrograde uh, in Capricorn. There's like some integration, some understanding about your authority, your sense of authority in your life, agency, lineage, relationship with what has been passed down to you versus what you want to pass down to the ones who come up to you. Things mm -hmm. like that are really prominent, I feel like. Um, and then Mercury is exalted in Aquarius. It's that Mercury doesn't have a gender. Mercury is not, it's like, doesn't have, so in it's exalted in Aquarius because Aquarius does not have a gender. It's exalted there because there is no, it's like that, energy that is just so for me something with that zero point can be some information because mercury was in capricorn about maybe legislations or gender rights or something with that can kind of some seeds or some little news can come through that will get greater like prominence with Pluto in aquarius mm -hmm. i hope so I hope it's good news also as well. Yeah, I, I hope so too. It's like, we'll see, we'll see. It's like, yeah, how we talk, what we, what we say, why we say this. Mercury in Aquarius is also like the whole transit is just, it's exalted. Aquarius is a fixed sign. Mercury in Aquarius is, is a very like sharp, it's not like as, not focused as it's in Gemini, though mm -hmm. it's home sign, or so like narrow focused as in Virgo. But it's like, it's more of a like, it's very, the focus of Mercury and Aquarius is advanced kind of focus. It's a high level, like I see my eyes is on the prize and the prize is gonna serve all. And that is how I'm gonna get there. <laughs> yeah. It's important. Pay attention. Like, let's talk about the days again. It's what is it? February. Yeah. February 10th, Mercury is conjunct Pluto mm -hmm. at 28 degrees of Capricorn. And then the next day on the 11th, Mercury into Aquarius. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like just pay attention. See, might not be anything major, but like something that comes and it's like, it's Aquarius suddenly in your head. <laughs> Can like can bear importance for you in a long run. Um, okay. The next transit at the end of this Aquarius season that feels important is February 16th. Mm -hmm. We have Sun conjunct Saturn. Mm -hmm. So since Saturn is the traditional ruler of Aquarius, this is like this PowerPoint yeah. and Mariana, you mentioned that this is the last sun conjunct mm -hmm. Saturn and Aquarius for 28 years. 28, 29, 28 years. Actually, any sun, this is the last sun 
Saturn and Saturn ruled sign for the longest time. Sun is going to conjunct Saturn every year. Right. Yeah, next year is going to be Pisces. But like this is a Saturn ruled, like what it's Saturn Aquarius. This is the last Sun conjunct Saturn in Aquarius for the longest time. And it's very, it's, and we had such a difficult Saturn Aquarius period. God, for the last two years. Seriously, though, the whole COVID, the whole thing, the wars and ruptures in the world, everything, it's been really like unsettling with Saturn Aquarius. And the difficulty was very much also coming from the Uranus and Taurus that has been like, and this square has been ongoing for the longest time. And this is kind of feels like a realization of wise. And maybe if we are like lucky enough house <laughs> right. to go forward, because it's like Saturn, when it leaves sign and this last, generally it says that if we've been on the right path, it gives us gifts and mm -hmm. sun conjunct Saturn can be the beginning of understanding the gifts can doesn't not literally, but metaphorically the gifts of understanding, gifts of awareness, gifts of purpose that is more structured and understood like for me personally I know that it has to do in many ways with how I want to apply myself forward in my life and it has been going ongoing understanding for the last year and it's been really difficult because it's been like that Uranus is like that nervous, restless energy is just like disrupting that understanding with so much uncertainty and inner conflict. Very destabilizing. Very destabilizing. And I feel like the Sun conjunct Saturn, it's okay. We have a glimpse of understanding right. on which we build for the next 30 years. Mm -hmm feels like this moment of like integration potentially um and I don't want to say moment because obviously it's not that like realization point as we've been talking about but I do think there is sort of an opportunity to even on a smaller scale in your own life understand how Saturn can support you um, how what Saturn has taught you these past two years about importance of routine, discipline, caring for yourself, maturing, um, all of these things. I think there's going to be just some greater like acceptance that comes through um, that yeah. can help us as we move on to this next iteration of Saturn lessons. Totally. It feels very connected to the Leo full moon because mm -hmm. it's it's very much about like how do we need to take agency back in terms of like better structures, greater sense of autonomy over our creative potentials, creative selves. That how like it's we start creating better form for our son the form that serves the form that is unique 
it's an Aquarius, the form that is new and yeah, it's it just feels like a very that period from Leo for like the two weeks after full moon, I always feel a very like integrational in general. Definitely. You know, that coming down, it's kind of like when there's so much water you don't see. <laughs> Just like and then the water starts coming down it feels like you start two weeks after the full moon you start kind of and then to almost 10 days after the full moon we have this conjunction that is very like specific and very like firm and solidifying i really and, like it yeah i think that's going to really help because you know i i think the new moon is like comes up on the 20th or something in Pisces so very shortly after this sun conjunct Saturn there is a new moon so this this moment can help us you know reset our cyclical clocks our lunar clocks and um yeah move forward yeah like like you said like set another brick on the wall kind of thing yeah absolutely just the whole Aquarius season feels like like a lot of it, like things are finally coming and the, for me this Aquarius season is almost like a real like stepping stone for 2023 mm -hmm. it's like okay like and not just 2023 like not just stepping stone after 2022 it's a stepping stone after tw since 2018 of Saturn rule transits and Capricorn and Aquarius and this 2018, 2019, and like all the way through. And this is like this kind of, all right, last five years, we're kind of wrapping up and we're starting here again. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a, I don't know, Aquarius season always feels like to me, um, yeah, time of, of integration to kind of return to what we were talking about at the beginning. It's setting us ourselves up for having some kind of like stabilizing foundation to move into that Piscean surrender season. Mm -hmm. um, and if we set ourselves up and do our integration work this season, I think we can enjoy the Piscean, the Piscean surrender a little bit better. Um, we'll be, we'll have like our life rafts and <laughs> our emotional support beverages. Like, I think we'll be like setting up our little self-care toolkits. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. We're going to talk a lot about probably Saturn and Pisces going forward, especially yeah. for next season, Pisces season. Um, yeah, it's like a lot of, it's an end of an era within the era. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> that's how it feels you know last five years with Capricorn Aquarius emphasis have been and everybody will agree I'm sure absolutely transformative and like it's just was the tower moments after tower moments and we are like mm -hmm. coming to an end of that in many ways yes Okay. rebuilding time rebuilding time rebuilding time and like Pluto will make sure that we are really owning our power ourselves in this process I think absolutely 
Yeah. 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 That was great. I feel like I'm, I'm more pumped up about Aquarius season now more than ever. So feeling good. I hope this resonates with everyone out there and, um, definitely be looking at your charts for what is in Aquarius, um, what's going to be transiting there, what house, uh, rules Aquarius for you. Just take note, be looking at your charts and taking it all in. Yeah. If you're having your Saturn in Aquarius, you're having the last leg of your Saturn return. So congratulations on that. (laughs) So it's very exciting. Yeah. No retrogrades, nothing. Yeah. So it's very exciting. Good job made it integration time ahead. integration time yeah um yeah overall good season lots of direct movement forward movement um yeah let's get get to work people yeah. i just want to share one announcement um we will be hosting a in bulk celebration online ritual for our coven. Um, and you can join our coven through our Patreon community. Um, this will be specifically for our coven tier of patronage. That's $13 a month. And we meet monthly, we share uh, content monthly on divination, spell work, that sort of thing. Um, but this will be a special edition of our coven circle. We're going to be doing a in bulk ritual to kind of tune into these energies um, that we've already been talking about on the podcast. So um, whether this can be the way that you connect with the energy or gives you inspiration for your own rituals, that is totally up to you, but we'd love to have you. So join us on February 1st. We're going to meet at 6 p.m. PST and do that through our Patreon. Exciting stuff. Yeah, oh, cool. I think that's it. That's it, guys. Yeah, if you have any questions, you have our information. We are. Yeah. Don't hesitate to reach out. Yeah, we're excited to be talking about this now. Where is season? Yay! Thank you, Mark. Weird. Let's get crazy. Okay, it's so weird. <laughs> All right.